All right, for BT's bookshelf today, we are going to make history because for the first time in 365 Sportscast Network history out of at least the Launchpad studios here in Huntington where uh, Sports Talk New York and BT Talks Baseball get broadcast from, we are going to have an in-studio guest. I'm so excited about that. Tonight I'm going to be talking to author and host Mark Roseman, who happens, as I mentioned earlier, to be the, the co-founder and really the architect of the 365 Sportscast Network. I wouldn't be here tonight if it wasn't for Mark. Um, and he's the author of eight... Seven. Seven Working books. on the eighth oh, one. I, I see, I gave him to uh, His books include Down on the Corner, which is about uh, Kiner's Corner, Glove Story, Fathers and Sons, and the American Pastime. He wrote a bunch of hockey books also, which we don't <laughs> have to talk about tonight. Uh, and tonight we're going to be talking about his, his brand new book that just came out this week or last week, You Never Forget Your First, a collection of New York Mets first. What's really cool about this for me is that I've had the... The honor of being on Mark's show a bunch of times to promote the books I've written, so it's nice to turn the tables and actually have him sitting across <laughs> the table from me right now. Mark, welcome to BT Talks Baseball. Thanks, Brett. So cool to be on here and right across the table from you. This is great. Now, what Mark didn't say, he is across the table from me, but when he does his show from 6 to 7, he gets to sit in the chair I'm sitting in now. So I, I, I did displace him. I made him sit in the quote-unquote guest's chair. But, uh, Mark, it's great to have you on, and congratulations on You Never, you never Forget Your First. You, did, you wrote this book, um, a New York Rangers NHL version of the same book. Yes, yes. Howie and I did it, and um, you know, the hockey book was great, uh, but you know, for baseball, it's just different. There's just so many different firsts than you know, the minor league. You, you, your draft is a little different. Some of the hockey guys didn't gra- get drafted. Some of the guys in the book here didn't get drafted either. But it's just different. There's so many different firsts. So, um, and, you know, over the, the years, I, I know that AJ makes fun of me when I mention the word Rolodex. Um, but that's, you know, my Rolodex has a lot of Mets in it. So I figured, all right, you know, pandemic, let's do another book. So I, I called Howie and said, Howie, you game? And he said, absolutely. So out of the seven, this is uh, number six with Howie, and I've done one with AJ. You mentioned the Rolodex, and I believe I've put in print in, in one or two of my books that your Rolodex, if you still had one, would be golden because you, you've, you've helped, certainly helped me get a lot of Mets contacts as well. And you mentioned Howie, and of course you co-wrote this book with Howie Carpin, yes. um, but you also had a forward to the book by the great Howie Rose. Of course, all Mets fans know who Howie Rose is. He's a good friend to you and me. Uh, talk about, um, first of all, how you got Howie to write the, imp- the intro. I'm sure it was not a difficult discussion, but why was it important for you to have Howie write the forward to this book? I, I just, you know, other than the other three, that would have been perfect for it. Unfortunately, none of them are alive. Murphy, Kiner, and Nelson. You know, Howie is the, the voice of the Mets. He is the soundtrack of the Mets, and I felt that it was vitally important to get him on here. Um, you know, for our other books, we've been blessed as well. You know, you know, we've had so many of the great voices. We've had Kenny Albert do one of the forwards, Tim McCarver, and uh, how he was a, a big part of Glove Story. Uh, he told us his story, but I felt this was the perfect book for him to be the forward, and he just really sets the tone beautifully in the book. You know, uh, you understandably have 41 players that you chose for this project. Uh, not surprising. No, not, that's not true. 40. 40 plus, yes, 40 plus Tom Seaver. Which we did end. purposefully. Purposely. Um, however, I'm sure narrowing it down to 40 was still a challenge. What, 
what was your process for deciding <laughs> who you were going to talk to for this book? So it, it, it was organic. So initially, I, I think in our Ranger book, we did 61. And it, it got, it, it's hard. You know, when you start speaking to 61 different players, it, it gets tiring and it, it, you start getting bogged down. And, you know, you're not as energetic. You, you don't have the Nick Swisher type of energy <laughs> um, you, you would need to do it. So as we got into like the 25, 30 I kind of capped it at 50, but then I figured, you know what, let me put a, a, a note out there on, on Facebook. And I asked, I said, would you rather have 50 or 40 and a, a special 41st chapter? And, and it felt right to me, uh, you know, with the passing. I think once Tom passed, that was the, the, the clincher for me that I told Howie, let's do 40 and let's dedicate 41 as a chapter solely dedicated to Tom Seaver. I think what's interesting about the, the players you chose, too, there's this names like David Wright and Hojo and, uh, you know, Benny Agbayani, but there's all, and Edgardo Alfonso, so many, but there's also players like Rick Ankeel, who is certainly not known as a Mets, played a handful of games for the Mets, but I think that's what gives this book its richness. Whether you played 20 games for the Mets or you played your entire career for the Mets, um, Mets are Mets, and if you wear the orange and blue, uh, you're forever remembered, and um, I think what's interesting about that is that you really got a, a you ran the gamut of the types Absolutely. of players you chose. Absolutely. So when we were doing so, Ankiel for me, I wanted I thought it was a, a nice get because they are Met first. Some of the things they've done is Mets first, but it's also their career first. So I really felt it was important to you know speak to a guy like Ankiel. He's been a guest on our show, but to talk about that first game, you know as an outfielder, making that transition from a pitcher to an outfielder and what that was like. So we felt that was important. We kind of looked at the different decades, and I felt it was very important, vitally important to have original Mets. So obviously Crane Pool, um, but then we have Jay Hook, Jay and we Hook, have Frank sure. Thomas and Hobie Landreth. So those were huge. And, and, you know, Frank Thomas and Hobie Landreth, God bless them, at 90 years old, their recall was amazing. Obviously, it was important to have 69 Mets in there, 86 Mets and, and 2,000, 2,000, you know, so we wanted key guys. We had Tommy Glavin in there, you know, so Hall of Famers. So it was uh, important to have that gamut. And then when you speak to one guy, so it was interesting in speaking to Terry Leach and, and talking about his first win, he said he's got the first half of his win baseball. I said, what do you mean the first half? He goes, yeah. He says, I've got it framed. That, you know, I got only half of the ball. I go, why do you have only half of the ball? He said, because Ray Searage got his first major league save that day, and he's got the other half. And, and I'm saying to myself, this is not like a hockey goal where it's one puck. There's like 40 baseballs. But interestingly enough, so because I spoke to Terry Leach, then I tracked down Ray Searage and, and got that other half of the story, which was which was fun. So it's a good thing for Ray Searage that Terry Leach told that story because he probably he might right. not have made it in the book. Right. Well, what's really interesting is I think this book would have been challenging enough if you had asked every single player the same questions. However, these questions are, are very much tailored towards the people themselves. Um, tremendous amount of, of research and writing had to go into this. Talk about the process. And at any point during this, the 40 players, you just say, why the heck am I doing this? It's, it's pretty complex. No, and never, I, I always knew why I was doing it because, you know, I, I, you know, like you, you love the Mets and, and you do it because it's a passion. Um, but it, it, you know, you try to find those little quirks. Listen, the David Wright stuff was amazing. Uh, Glavin stuff, you know, and one of the, the best questions, which we kind of ask each guy, is growing up, did they collect baseball cards? Because you and I both love baseball cards. So I Absolutely. thought that was important. And then I asked about their first time they saw themselves on the baseball card. And 
there were like three great answers. So Tommy Glavin basically didn't see his first baseball card until some kid rang the doorbell at his parents' house with the baseball card to ask to get it autographed. Turk Wendell, parents own a convenience store that also sells baseball cards. He bought the entire wax, you know, the, the Ven pack, opened every single pack, did not get it. Some kid walks in the store, takes the top pack off the next one, opens it up, and there Turk is the first card. <laughs> so the kid looks at him and goes, wait, you're him, and gets his autograph. Jeff Innes said that he was the, the card that he hated as a kid, that you would get 42 of this nondescript relief pitcher and never get the card you wanted. So that was one of the, the favorite questions we asked. Uh, so, it, no, it never got tiresome. It was always great. You mentioned baseball cards, and, and, and you and I have had many discussions about baseball cards. We're, we're planning this summer to have a combined show of Sports Talk New York and BT Talks Baseball dedicated to baseball cards. But I think really what may, brings this book to life Possibly more than, well, not more, but as much as the answers themselves, is that you chose to have a Topps baseball card of every single player you spoke to. And I know that's a challenge in itself to get the permissions and everything. But once you get the permissions, you have to, ch- you have to select which card. First of all, your, your, your decision to have a card in there. And second of all, which card for each player? We have every single card with the exception of Dick Rustick because Dick Rustick never made it to a Topps baseball card, only played that one season for the New York Mets. Okay, so everyone but Dick Rustick has a baseball card in there. Uh, and Art Chamsky does not have a card because I love the Topps coin set and I wanted to include that in there. And Art Chamsky's has a pretty cool one. It was just a matter of looking through them and just aesthetically. And also, there is one other which I'm not pleased with it's Butch Benton. Uh, yeah, it's Butch Benton is in the Senior League top set. Not a great card, not a great quality card, but he did not have any other, you know, cards that we could find. Um, so it was just a matter of the appeal, the look, you know, and the reason for the cards is because uh, the last couple of books, we've been lucky enough to, you know, use Topps cards on the cover. And so I, I pushed the envelope a little bit and sent them a list and said, I really want to use these. And they did it. And I feel that in some sense, this book could be very cool for a collector to go and get this book autographed because all the guys are around or you could send it. And I thought that would be neat. In fact, it's I think it might be something I might try and do myself. A great idea, actually. <laughs> you gave me a great idea. Well, you know. As you know, I'm considerably younger than you, so... <laughs> well, you're, you're getting closer. You yeah, just had a birthday last week. Happy oh, birthday, by the way. Thank you very much. It was a successful birthday. I, I got through it. Um, <laughs> so I started collecting baseball cards for real in 1978, and I still get the, the very... I, I get the feeling as if I'm eight years old again when I see those 1978 baseball cards, and my all-time favorite card is the 1978 Lenny Randall, uh, which you used in the book, and I think... As much as I love the card and the photo, I was always, because to me, he was always Lenny Randall. But for whatever reason on the card, he is Len Randall. And just everything about that card brings me back to when I was eight years old. And I think that's the beauty of baseball cards. And I think that's the, you know, why people, why baseball cards have endured all of these years. Um, Can you talk a little bit about specifically about that card? Because I know that card means a lot to you as well. Yeah, well, Lenny and I are friends. So Lenny and, you know, he is probably the 70s version of Nick Swisher. He's also high energy and and all over the place when you talk to him. Um, So that card kind of gives you the energy of Lenny. He's sliding back into the base. He's sliding. I'm not sure if he's sliding into the back into the base or it looks like he probably tried to get a button single and dove headfirst into first base. But he's looking up. He's smiling. It's typical Lenny, and I just love the card as well. I love. I like the cleaner formats of the Topps card. 
I, you know, you mentioned cards that bring you back to your childhood. I love the Heritage set now. In fact, I think on the cover is the David Wright Heritage. And I think we use, um, there might be another Heritage card within the book. It might be the Glavin card. I, I love the old formats of the 50s and 60s. So we used a lot of those as well. So uh, it, that was a, a great part of the book too, doing, you know, finding the cards. Talk to me about the stories. The stories were so, some of them were so great. Um, what, was there one or two that stood out to you as very memorable as far as memories and firsts? Yeah, so one of the really, um, two of them, um, Joe Pignatano, and they both basically had to do with Casey Stengel, okay? And you always hear such great Casey Stengel stories. So the first one was Joe Pignatano, and Joe Pignatano told the story how, you know, he got up to the Mets, he you know, went into the dugout, he sat next to Casey, he introduced himself, they had like a 20-minute conversation. You know, a reporter comes up to Casey and asks Casey, who are you going to catch tonight? And Casey Stengel goes to him, he goes, the, the reporter, he goes, that Pignatani kid, if he ever gets here. Now, Joe just had a 20-minute conversation, introduced himself, and two seconds later, Casey says, yeah, that Pignatani kid, if he ever gets here. Another one, which was absolutely amazing, was Hobie Landreth. Hobie Landreth, and, it, you know, I, I'd love to post the audio, and I probably will on our Facebook page for the book. Hobie Landreth talked about the, the first spring training with Casey Stengel, and they won. And he said that Casey Stengel walked them from station to station. He had him in the dugout. He says, now when we're, and it was the entire squad. It was the minor league guys. He said, so it was like 60 guys in the dugout. He's sitting there in the dugout. When you're in the dugout, you need to be looking at the guy here, looking there, looking at the coach to see if you can get signals. Boom, boom. Walks him to the infield. Walks him second base. The last stop is the pitcher's mound. And Casey says, all right, the bases are now loaded. This is what we're going to do. The first batter, we're going to pitch him inside. He's going to pop up to the catcher first out. Next guy, we're going to pitch on the outside corner. He's going to nip it to the second base, and we're going to get a second base, the shortstop, the first double play out of the inning. Okay, kind of nondescript, whatever, you know, just interesting. He fast forwards to when he's with the Washington Senators, and Claude Austin is on the mound, bases loaded, nobody out, and Gil Hodges is the manager, and Hobie's catching. Gil Hodges comes out to the mound to take Claude Austin out. He goes, no, Gil, let, let's Casey him. And Gil looks at him like, what, what the hell are you talking about? He goes, don't you remember what Casey said with the bases loaded? He goes, I got this. So Landreth calls for an inside pitch, foul ball, not to the catcher, the third base. He calls for an outside pitch, ground ball, second base, shortstop, double play out of the inning. And I just oh, found that. Now, listen, I don't know how true it is. I looked through all baseball reference. I, I did find one instance where Austin had the bases loaded. It didn't quite go that way. But you know what? It's what Hobie said, so it's in the book. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't make a difference if it was true or not. It's, right. a, it's a great baseball story. Right. Uh, what, one other quick one that, that struck me is uh, you asked uh, uh, Butch Husky, among other players, uh, if they remember going to their first game, uh, their first big league game, and Butch Husky told you that uh, he never went to a big league right. game because he couldn't afford it, and that right. really puts things into perspective. There's a number of them. Yeah. That, that first game that they ever saw was the game they actually played in, which was interesting as well. Um, and then you, you have other guys where Ike Davis, because of his dad, and guys that went on, you know, played travel baseball and went to different games. So just very interesting across the board, um, the, the different responses. Well, you know, Mark, it's a great book. All of your, all of your books are great. In fact, I want to have you back on 
uh, late, once the season starts, to we'll talk about Glove Story, because that's a phenomenal book as well about fathers and sons. But you never forget your first, a collection of New York Mets firsts, uh, available everywhere, books, Amazon, they can get it yeah. pretty much anywhere, right? Yeah, and, and later, yeah, they can follow me on Facebook or Twitter, and, you know, autographed copies, um, author copies will be available at the end of the month as well. well that's fantastic. It's a great read, and, and congratulations. And, you know, uh, as long as I have you, I, I've never had the chance to, to publicly thank you for starting the 365 Sportscast Network. It's, it's allowed me to bring BT Talks Baseball to the throng of fans that I have, uh, both of them. And uh, I, I appreciate everything you've done for me throughout my career. And, uh, you know, thanks for being on tonight. Uh, my pleasure. I'd love to. You know what? Maybe we'll make it a weekly event. <laughs> well, let's not go too far. Like, oh, you, got, you got your own show. You got your own show. Thank you, Mark Rosamond.